You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. Before we get started today, I want to say a huge thank you to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their ongoing support and partnership to make this podcast possible. Today's episode is focused on discussing gluten and medications. When you're diagnosed with celiac disease, you typically think of gluten as being in foods, but it's important to remember that gluten can hide in other products like prescription drugs, over-the-counter medications, and nutritional supplements. Until recently, few regulations were in place to help consumers with celiac disease identify gluten in their medications, but new steps by the FDA may help make the process easier to determine the gluten-free status of a drug. To help us discuss this important topic, I've got Dr. Steve Plogstead in the studio. He's a clinical pharmacist at Nationwide Children's Hospital and maintains the glutenfreedrugs.com website. Welcome, Dr. Plogstead. Thank you. Glad to be here. So before we start talking about the new guidance from the FDA, let's start with the basics. Can you tell our listeners how gluten can possibly get into their medications? I sure can. Well, as you probably know, anybody who's taken a medication, you know that you've got pills and capsules and liquids of different sizes and colors and shapes and immediate release and extended release. Well, for for the drug company to make that, uh, besides adding the active ingredient, which is actually a very, very small part of it, they have to use fillers or we call them excipients. And those excipients have several roles. Uh, one role would be to, to give it bulk. Uh, another role would be to make the tablet or capsule dissolve much easier in the stomach or actually prevent it from dissolving in the stomach and, and, and dissolve somewhere down the line in the intestine somewhere. So all this goes into uh, making the tablet or capsule. And and um, in these fillers, uh, some of the fillers could be starch or fillers could be from any, any source. But obviously for a, celiac, a person suffering from celiac disease, uh, the starch is the main concern, and, and that's how they can get contaminated. So what kind of starches could be used to bind the pills together? There are basically four types of starches that are possibly be found in a medication. Corn, which is the most predominant starch found in the medication. Potato starch is the second most common. Wheat starch is the third most common. However, it's very rare to find it, and occasionally we'll find tapioca starch being used. And so... When, you know, when you're making up a, a, a prescription, uh, the starch, one of those starches is what you have to be concerned about. So we talked about how the starches hold the pills together, but would you still find the starch in a liquid medication or just in the pills? Well, I've done, you know, in all the years I've been doing this, and, and the, actually in, in uh, uh, patient with another uh, physician that I've dealt with, we have never found a starch or starch derivative um, in a prescription medication, uh, and so we, we we never gluten. I mean, you might find some starch derivative like a sugar alcohol, which which really is, doesn't have any gluten in it. But we you'll never find gluten in a liquid. You'll never find gluten in a injectable medication. I, I've never found it in an eye drop, an ear drop, a nose drop, a inhaler, or any of those medications. I've only found them in tablets or capsules. Okay, so if you have a liquid medication or it's an IV, you're safe. You don't have to worry about calling the company or, or doing any more investigation. 
That's correct, and that's really important when people get into the emergency room or, you know, they're going to go in for an operation, and you never know what the anesthesiologist is going to give you while you're under, and so those things you never have to worry about. That's good to know. So then, obviously, for a lot of the brand-name drugs, there's a generic counterpart, and we get a lot of calls at our program for people asking us about the, the gluten-free status of the generic um, medication. Is it the same starch that's used in the generic as the brand name, or could they be different? They're, they're almost always different. It's very rare that you'll find a generic product that has the exact same ingredients as the branded product, with a few exceptions. Whether or not some branded products, they actually uh, produce their own generic, and they manufacture it, and they put it into another tablet, and, you know, it's the exact same copy as the brand name. But for the most part, generic companies use a collection of, of, of excipients that works well in their manufacturing facility. And so, you know, again, they'll use something that's different than the manufacturer, than the branded manufacturer. And when you compare two or three or four generics, maybe a, a drug has four or five manufacturers out there or even more, uh, it's, it's uh, often that you won't find the same starches and ingredients in each one of those. I've done many searches for uh, generic products and found, you know, one third to have starch and one third or two thirds, whatever, to have no starch. So it really depends on the, on the generic manufacturers. They, they do have a lot of favorite uh, fillers that they use, but like I said, it's rare to have it exactly as the, the brand name. Is one more likely than the other to use wheat starch? So do you, have you found that more brand names use it versus generics? The very few products that I found wheat starch in actually come from branded. I haven't found it in a generic yet. You know, there was a supplement I found, but for the most part, it was the branded products that had the wheat in it, the wheat starch. That's so interesting. So now how much starch are we actually talking about? Is it enough starch that it would make somebody with celiac disease sick? Well, actually, it depends on the size of the tablet or capsule. As you know, most capsules are bigger than most tablets, so there's more fillers in there. But I, I was looking at some numbers and, you know, Every, I think everybody in this world has taken azithromycin or Zithromax for a cold or an infection or something. And Zithromax had a, to, had a total of uh, 60 milligrams of starch. Now, that's 60 milligrams. That's a very, very, very small amount of uh, if it was all wheat for even being contaminated. It, it's almost non-existent. So you're, the, the chances are very, very slim that you're going to have a, enough um, of gluten in there to actually cause a reaction. Right. So, and especially like with a, a, a Z-Pack, you're only taking it for a very short period of time. That's correct. And so um, when you look at um, the contamination of gluten, um, what I found too actually was disclosed in the FDA's guidance on the preliminary parts of the guidance that they, they state that you'll typically find no more than 0.1 milligrams of gluten if uh, wheat starch is used. And that's 0.1 milligrams of gluten. That's not very much. And if you used modified starch or pre-gelatinized starch or sodium starch glycolate, and that was made with wheat, you, you probably will find no more than 0.5 milligrams. And when you look at some of the research done by Katasi back in 2007, uh, they uh, gave a lot of gluten to people to look what the threshold would be. And they found that that you would require more than 50 milligrams a day for an extended period of time to have damaged the intestine, and you know, but as little as 10 milligrams could cause an issue. 
they also cite in that article another uh, study that showed that people that would consume 2.4 to 4.8 milligrams a day of gluten had demonstrated no change in their intestinal uh, architecture. So, you know, having a prescription medication that would have 0.1 to 0.5 milligrams in there really should not lead to symptoms or even damage. Right. So you'd have to be taking a lot of pills with weed in them before you would have a problem. That, that's correct. So, you know, again, they're looking at one tablet, but if you're taking two tablets three times a day or you're taking multiple tablets or capsules, you know, it's, as we get older, we take more medications, you know, and so you, right. you, you throw four or five different prescriptions in, on you and, and, you know, if they all had wheat starch in there, there may be an issue. But for the most part, uh, the general celiac patient, uh, you know, everybody has a different sensitivity, of course, and we never, you know, underscore that. But, uh, you know, the general celiac uh, patient should not really feel uh, any changes or they should not uh, have any damage to their intestines from taking most of the medications. And like I said, there's very, very few that actually contain wheat starch. So it really shouldn't be an issue. Okay. So if a person is prescribed a medication, what should they do to find out if there's gluten in it? So without, you know, trying to find, <laughs> you know, I laugh because I, I talk to so many people who, who what they've done is they called the drug manufacturers and they've left with a little frustration. Um, they, they don't get a direct answer. But the best way to find out would be to call the manufacturer and ask them specifically, you know, do you use any gluten-containing fillers, knowingly use gluten-containing fillers in your product? And most of them will tell you, no, we don't, we don't use it, but we can't say that, you know, somehow accidental contamination didn't occur. Um, you know, that, that's the other statement. So they leave the poor consumer, you know, like hanging. But pretty much so if you are told that, you know, that they don't knowingly use any uh, wheat starch or gluten in their manufacturer, you can be pretty sure that uh, that product is safe. Great. And if they are frustrated with the manufacturer, then they could go to your website? Well, you better give me a call or drop me a line, yes, and I can try to go into it. They, um, when, a, when a regular consumer calls a drug manufacturing company, they get um, sent to a drug information specialist that deals with the public, whereas myself, I, I get in contact with somebody who works on the professional side. Now, supposedly, all these drug information people have the same material that they, they uh, cite, but um, there are certain things that I can ask the, uh, the professional side and get a little bit more information out of them to try to, to satisfy my curiosity of the, the potential of, of gluten contamination. So it, it's a little game you have to play with them. But, you know, if you ask them some specific questions, like, for example, do you knowingly use any gluten in your medication? If they tell you yes, then you ask them the source. And, of course, if the source is a wheat starch, then, you know, say, okay, that's that's probably true. If they tell you, you know, that they use a different starch in their manufacturer, but they can't tell you if it's wheat-based, well, all the research I've done, I've found, unless it says wheat starch, I haven't found any wheat in the other starches, the sodium starch glycolate, which is corn, and pre-gelatinized starch. I've only seen potato and corn. So mm -hmm. if they if they uh, 
refer to that and they say, well, you know, this month we could have used this, this month they could have used that. They actually don't really change the starch source. So if, if they tell you that they don't, you know, they don't knowingly put any wheat starch or gluten in there, you, you should not have to worry about it. Got it. Um, so can you tell our, our listeners a little bit about your website and how it's organized and how they can use it to find out if their medicine is safe? Sure. So um, I'm, it's always going under constant revision. And so what I've done is I, I originally did this several years ago. Uh, I put, you know, a, a, site, a site together that had brand names and had generic names and, and um, I did an alphabetical list. And then I try to change that a little bit because I do get a lot of calls. People want to know if it has uh, sodium, has a couple of these other derivatives like uh, maltodextrin. They're, they're worried about maltodextrin. Some people are very worried about uh, soy-based uh, products and, and so even, or, or lactose. So I've been trying to convert all these uh, uh, drugs into columns to tell you if it contains starch, if it contains what kind of starch it contains, if it contains lactose and all that. So that I'm trying to do alphabetical and I'm trying to do by companies. And, and so it gives the consumer a lot of choices. If they don't see something there or they're confused about anything, they go ahead and send me an email to the glutenfreedrugs.com and I'll eventually, I'll read it within a very short period of time, be able to get back to them and answer them to the, best ability that we can, you know, discern the information from the manufacturers. Um, that's the way I go about it. If, if you go to a pharmacy, uh, there are two, med- there are two FDA sponsored websites. Uh, one from the national, from the national library of medicine, national Institute of health, one's called Pillbox, and one's called daily med. And they're both actually done by the same organization and they have some of the same material in there. But they provide you with with an extended amount of information on the type of starch. So, again, according to the FDA's uh, guidance, the draft that they just sent out, uh, they talk about sodium starch glycolate if it's made from wheat. You know, you could have 0.5 milligrams of gluten in there. Well, that's fine and dandy, but you can go to the you can go to Pillbox and it will it will break down the sodium starch glycolate into its component. And so you'll find it'll say sodium starch glycolate type A potato or sodium starch glycolate corn. It will actually the source of that starch, which makes you feel a lot better, of course. Um, The the regular drugstore pharmacist who looks at their package insert, that doesn't disclose it as as, uh, extensively as Pillbox and Daily Med. So you can actually just get a lot more information in a very short period of time in a condensed location without making a bunch of phone calls to just find out by surveillance, your Friday night call, you know, the manufacturer's closed, you know, does my drug have, have any potential for gluten in there? And if you open the package insert that says sodium starch glycolate, you don't, you won't be able to find out if it's wheat, rye, I mean, wheat or corn or, you know, and so you go to daily med or, or um, pillbox and it'll tell you exactly what kind of starch is in there. So that can relieve any, any anxiety for the rest of the weekend. Maybe you can make a phone call to the drug company. So it's a really nice resource. If, if people haven't used it or if the drugstore, the pharmacy hasn't used it, that's a great resource to go to to do, to do a really quick surveillance of the potential for gluten contamination. So why would the starch, like if it was wheat starch, why doesn't that pop up at the pharmacy if the patient identifies it as a potential allergen in the same way they might identify something like penicillin? 
Well, that's a that's a very simple question to answer. There, there's uh, something called the American Hospital Formulary Service that's been around for many many years, and they take every drug and they they put it into a classification: cardiac, antibiotic, et cetera, et cetera, and they assign these these large amount of numbers to that. If you have a, um, a Zithromax, for example, or Zithromycin, it'll come under antibiotics. And then it's also broken down into type of antibiotic it is. It's a mac. It's called a macrolide. So under the macrolide class, you will you'll have a number assigned to that. And under that macrolide class, you'll have Zithromax and Biaxin and Erythromycin. So when these um, uh, drug interactions and, and uh, allergy things are are loaded into the computer, if you have a penicillin allergy the company that maintains this database will refer to the drug class of penicillins under the antibiotics. So it matches a number. It doesn't actually match, in a, match a name. Well, there is nothing in the AHFS that deals with gluten. And so it has no way to pop up unless somebody would customize their software. And right now nobody customizes their software. It's even very, very difficult in the hospital situation because we, we don't have a way to identify um, all the types of tablets and capsules, et cetera, that we have. There's just no way to tie that to gluten. And so we could put it on the allergy, you know, as an allergy alert, but that would be up to the pharmacist to, you know, do further research. Right. So there's no automatic red flag that comes up. That's right. Yeah. It's just, it's impossible uh, because it's all done by numbers and matching numbers, basically, databases. Okay, so let's talk about the new guidance from the FDA. Can you tell us what they're looking to do, and would it do anything to sort of bring the red flag for a wheat inclusion in a pill? Well, this is really nice. I mean, you know, it's a really, really nice document. If anybody has a chance to read it, it's it's not that difficult to read, and they're actually asking for public input. But you know, to, to sum it up in a nutshell, what they're trying to do is incur they're trying to define what we consider gluten, we consider offensive to a celiac person. They, they talk about all types and all, all potentials for gluten contamination. But the bottom line is they're trying to um, encourage the drug manufacturers to be more 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 consumer advocates also more proactive more proactive in trying to disclose to the public in a in an easy fashion to retrieve the if they have any uh, any of their medications have any relationship to a gluten contamination that's in a nutshell like i said it's a it, it has a lot of really good parts to it but in a nutshell they're just trying to encourage the the manufacturers uh, to be you know more consumer advocates Right. So I was when I read the document, I was really impressed with it as well. I found it really interesting um, and very straightforward to understand. Um, but I was really struck by the small amount of gluten that was actually that they found in the pills. Um, you know, I think that there's this idea amongst people with celiac disease that there's just like a cup of gluten and that, you know, that taking a pill make them very, very sick. So I was really surprised at how little was actually found in the pills and also by the very few number of pills that actually contained the wheat starch. That is correct. When, you know, I don't know what drugs, they, I actually helped contribute to their, this, this paper. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, over the years, they've asked me to give some, some things they should look at. 
And so in that, and, and again, they've, they've gone even deeper in, and uh, um, with some really good information. Um, and again, with you, that's why I, I 0.1 milligram and a 0.5 milligram that they talk about that would be the most you're going to get in a product. And I hadn't found that up to this point. So this is, this was a really exciting uh, document for me because it helped me uh, explain things a little better to customers or patients when they call me asking to explain you know, some of my conclusions when I can't get a good definitive answer from the drug manufacturer. So, yeah, this is this is a great document. Now, I know I've talked to some other organizations and they thought it didn't go far enough, but considering we have we have no support up to this point from any official um, organization like the government to have this step right now um, is just fantastic. I, I know there's been bills put before Congress to try to have the companies disclose it. And I think with that, um, that push by those senators and congressmen, along with, with what the, it helped the FDA come and draft their document, because I believe they shared some information. Uh, so this is this is an exciting piece. I mean, I, again, we take baby steps to get to our final steps, and you know, maybe in my lifetime there'll be some really good information disclosed by more manufacturers. Uh, so it, it's it's better than nothing. It's a great start. But if they do just the, the minimum, I think that the the general public of the celiac of the gluten free public there will uh, be very satisfied and help also alleviate some of the the issues uh, I'll get customers call me and they'll say oh you know as soon as I took this medication I got really sick and I, I didn't get sick on the other product and you know they they swear there's gluten contamination but it's you know it's a starch free excipient almost excipient free product and it's just something that happens when you take different products different Different things affect different people in different ways, and so they swear they've been they've been glutened, as they tell me, and and I try to tell them that, you know, the chances of gluten contamination are very small, and it's probably not gluten; it's probably just some sort of reaction for the excipients they use that uh, they just maybe doesn't set well with the with the particular patient. So, but it's hard. So with this document, it really helps to bring home the point that it's probably not gluten they're feeling. Go back to Zithromax. Um, Zithromax causes intestinal issues in about 80% of the patients. I, I made that number up, you know, in a great percentage of the patients because the drug itself is what we call a promotility agent. So we use that to help the bowels move. And so when you take a Zithromax and you get diarrhea, you swear it's gluten contamination, but it's a characteristic of the drug. So, you know, um, having this, this document available where the company would disclose this information, I think would really, really help convince people who are not convinced that they have, been, they haven't been exposed to gluten. So it, it'll, it'll be a great document. I mean, it'll be great if they, if the drug manufacturers will adopt this. Absolutely. So, you know, in the document, they talked a lot about how there's so few medications that contained wheat. And you said you also had couldn't find very many with it. What were the ones that you did find that contained wheat starch? And was there a particular class of medications that seemed to have more with wheat starch compared to any other? No, they don't disclose how much is in there. It just tells you wheat starch. It was, it was a blood pressure medication. It was really interesting. Uh, it was also one was an antibiotic. Um, in, the, in the tablet form, it, was, it had wheat starch. In the capsule form, it didn't. Mm -hmm. on the antibiotic on the blood pressure medicine it was a combination of two medications uh two types of blood pressure medication that had wheat in it but the 
other blood other blood pressure medication that only had one ingredient didn't have starch we starch in it it was really funny but that's where this that's where the um the uh website pillbox comes in handy because you can actually go to pillbox and and click in there i want to find a medication that contains wheat you can actually search the medication database for the word wheat and you'll see oh, wow. I forgot. I forgot out of six thousand entries or seven thousand entries I found, there was like three things that had wheat in it, but there was like two or three forms. You know, two different strengths of this med, two different strengths of this med, but there was only like three different drugs out of six thousand that actually had the word wheat in it. That's not a whole lot, and right. you know, and if it and if it doesn't have wheat starch in it, uh, like I said, it's it's you're in pretty good shape. Uh, it said, even though this document, the FDA document talked about the other starches, if they were made from wheat, like I said, I have never found a, uh, a product that's made with, they like said, sodium starch glycolate or, or pre-gelatinized starch that's actually made from wheat. Yes, it can be, but I've never found it. And Pillbox confirmed it, you know, cause it will say, you know, pre-gelatinized starch, it'll say corn or sodium starch glycolate, say corn. So it's really, really, it's really a very few amount of products that would actually contain wheat. And that's, that's very encouraging. So, you know, low wheat means low chance of any gluten contamination. So is there anything else that you can share with our listeners about gluten and medications? Well, you know, um, from, like I said, from all the research I've done, you know, it, it, the biggest thing is coming, you know, talking to the manufacturer and, and trying to, to um, kind of ferret through their, their responses and, you know, and, and to walk away with trying to have confidence. Like I said, if you, write, if you ask the right questions. But the other thing I get a um, question on is, or the, I'm sorry, the drug manufacturer will, will tell people, they're saying, well, you know, we don't use any gluten or, or any wheat or anything using while we're making this this product. However, in our factory or our, our facility, we have different parts of the facility that have, you know, there's gluten. And I'm going like, well, that's that's it's one thing if you're coming out of a bakery or or a kitchen. It's a totally different thing if you're coming out of a drug manufacturing facilities. You would not believe the 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 sterile techniques that these people employ, which I like to, to laugh and say, well, there, there are times in my life I'd rather have an operation in a drug manufacturing, pill manufacturing room than I would in an operating room because I know <laughs> what goes on in both of them. And, you know, they're wearing spacesuits. Um, there are very, very strict cleaning requirements for a, 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 a particular place that if you only met like amoxicillin, the antibiotic, very popular, you know, these, these generic manufacturers in that manufacturing room, they only make amoxicillin, but every day or every two days, they have to sterilize the entire room. Whereas another one, you might make this product this week and this product next week, et cetera. You know, like they do, they do double the amount of cleaning and there's, there's greater amount of surveillance in those clean rooms to ensure that no contamination occurs. And, um, in the storage areas, you don't have open vats of open containers of wheat starch, you know, where you've got material floating through the company. Their their air handling uh, requirements are are unbelievable, and there's just nothing gets through. So, this the issue of cross contamination in the drug manufacturing plant is is almost hilarious to me because it just 
you know, there's human error. You can always have human error occur. But as far as having gluten on or wheat starch on this side or that, you're never going to, the two are never going to mix, you know, accident, I mean, through the air or anything like that. So you're not going to get contamination. And even if a grain of wheat got through, you know, it's not going to make any difference to the, um, any drug, any drug product. So it's, it's really something that I almost, I don't know why these drug manufacturers tell people this. It, mm-hmm. it scares them and it's, it's not an issue. It's just on now an excipient, an excipient manufacturer says, and, and if the drug manufacturer picks their supplier, well, you're not going to have an issue with a, an excipient being contaminated. So, you know, again, the, the, the chance for drug for, Contamination in a drug manufacturing plant is really pretty pretty minor and almost non-existent. But uh, but that's another thing that really I guess drives people crazy when the when the company gives that kind of information. But it just it's just isn't an issue. That's so not really to worry about it. I definitely feel more confident in um, in purchasing drugs now. Uh, that you know there's it is. I think that it's it's great that that we're we're talking about this issue and that. Even, you know, even in an emergency situation where you might need to, you know, make a quick choice and not have time to contact a manufacturer mm-hmm. in the emergency room, that you can be pretty confident that the chances of getting a medication that has gluten in it are pretty small. And even if it had a little bit for a one-time exposure, you're probably not going to notice anything. That, it's exactly right. Like you said, uh, if, I, I just don't know of a medication that has a lot of gluten in it. So you, you are 100% correct. Take care of yourself. Always check later. And again, you go back to the Katasi article and he was talking about a sustained amount of 50 milligrams of gluten or more day after day after day before they saw intestinal damage. And, right. and you're never going to get, never going to get more than 0.1 to 0.5 milligrams of gluten. And so, you know, in any drug products are contaminated or issues with your intestine is, is really, really small. Like I said, people who get those reactions, it, it's unlikely that the gluten, it's, it's most likely just the product doesn't, you know, it just, it just doesn't agree with you. Just like certain foods, et cetera, you know, it just doesn't agree with you. And, and uh, so. Um, I actually like people who, uh, yeah. the FDA, when they pointed out that the, when you were talking about the amount of how small it is, that mm-hmm. if you, related it to a gluten-free cookie that it was actually mm-hmm. like a fraction of the 20 parts per million that would be allowed into that gluten-free cookie. So that it's a very, very, very teensy tiny amount. It, it is. It is. And, and so it's, it's, uh, it, you know, I, I know that different, because I mentioned earlier that people have different uh, sensitivities, you know, you might have, you know, the, DK, DQ, this DQ2, DQ8, you might have, you know, a, a whole family history of, of celiac disease, and you might be one of those very, very sensitive people that you have every gene known to man that, that will, you know, make you gluten sensitive. Maybe you would have an issue with it. But, you know, for the most part, I think people are, are okay. But I know that customers and patients, they really want to get the cleanest product they can possibly get their hands on. And, and it is an issue. and It is a concern. I, I totally understand that you know, trying to stay gluten-free, you know, you want to keep everything out of your life that, that's, uh, that has potential gluten in there. And so, you know, that's why we keep doing what we're doing. And, and uh, even though I said the gluten yield may be small on a drug product, I think having the manufacturers come up with that, that uh, good feeling by, by telling you this and, 
and uh, it's it's really nice. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, um, uh, I did I, I did want to say one thing. I did kind of gloss over it a little bit when you. For example, if you when you call a manufacturer and you ask them about the gluten status, if they do tell when I said when they do tell you it contains gluten, you know, be sure to ask them specifically what is the source of the gluten. Um, when you look at the document, the FDA document, they talk about the sugar alcohols, uh, or they call them polyols. That's that's your sorbitol and mannitol, your sugar substitutes for diabetics, and they use for for um, you know sweetening, et cetera. Those polyols, those those sugar alcohols, they could have come originally from a wheat source, but during the purification process, there was there's no wheat. I'm sorry, there's no protein left, and again, so that means there's no gluten left in that. There is one or two manufacturers, one specifically, that will tell you that their product is contaminated with gluten. If you look at the ingredients. There's, there's no gluten in it. There's no wheat in it. And it's actually a liquid-filled capsule. And that liquid-filled capsule has, has a zero chance of gluten contamination. But, it, the, but the offensive um, particle in there, I was told by the manufacturer, was this sugar alcohol. And I tried to educate them on how ridiculous their answer is. But they continue to tell the consumer that it, it – not that it could potentially contain gluten. It does contain gluten. And so they're giving patently wrong information. And so, you know, again, consumer arming themselves with this, with this information, if you have a manufacturer that points out that the source of gluten is one of these sugar alcohols, hang up the phone, you're fine. You, you, you know, you've been not told the exact truth, but uh, you're fine. But that still scares people. And I, I get a lot of um, not-so-friendly emails when it comes about this particular product they said i just found out it contains gluten and i can try to explain to them it doesn't contain gluten it has a sugar alcohol the company flat out told me they listed as gluten because of the sugar alcohol and they've never tested it you know it's just so it's just more confusing to the customer and and it's just it's, it's very frustrating so this would be very nice for this for this company to adopt these principles and make it a lot easier because they make a lot of good drug products. I just hate to see them take this stance. So on your website, would those drugs from this company be listed as a gluten-free drug? <laughs> no, it is category five. I think it is. It tells me, it tells you that the company state contains gluten, but there's no way on this earth that it contains any gluten. But I put the statement there just so people understand, because if they go to the website, they're going to see it says, you know, it contains gluten. And they're going to come to my website when it's, I said it's, it's safe to use, but here's their statement, you know. And, um, and so I do get some irate calls, but it's, it's perfectly fine. I said none of those gel caps will ever have gluten in them. There's no starch. So there's right. no starch. There's, there's just, I mean, if, if we start, I mean, if, if sodium starch, the rest of them have only point one. this has nothing in it. I mean, you're not going to have 0.1 milligram in there. So, I mean, I'm just. I still have a full head of hair, but I pull it out every time I, I get an email from <laughs> <laughs> about that product because it's, it's very frustrating, and, and I feel really bad for the consumer because it, it's hard to, you know, get their trust back, to, you know, and I'm telling them the whole story. And, and so, you know, they, they'd rather believe the, the drug company's website than, than somebody who does this all the time. Well, hopefully they will listen to this podcast <laughs> and they'll hear the explanation, and it will make more sense to them now. <laughs> 
you got to love them, though. you got to love them. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Plogstead, for joining us today. This is such wonderful information that I know will be so helpful to our listeners. And I want to remind everybody to head on over to www.glutenfreedrugs.com or to the Pillbox site from the National Library of Medicine to verify the gluten-free status of their medications. And also, as a reminder, at Pillbox, you can also search for drugs that do contain wheat if you're wondering what those certain medications are that Dr. Plug said was talking about. I hope that you all enjoyed today's podcast, and we will talk to you again next time. 